Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. We know that sex is a part of marriage. We also know that sex doesn't always occur in marriage. In a study done a few years ago about what's happening sexually in America, they found that about 20% of American married couples between the ages of 15 and 59, meaning they're not talking about octogenarians here, actually have sex with each other less than once a month, about 10 times a year. And another 15% in that same age group, which means we're not looking past the 59-year-olds, are having sex with each other uh, actually less than twice a month. Now, the one that's less than twice a month is considered to be a low-sex marriage. Less than once a month is considered to be a no-sex marriage. But what about your marriage? Perhaps you want to be making love to your spouse, but when you attempt it, your spouse doesn't want it to occur, and you feel that you've been sexually rejected or are continually being sexually rejected by your spouse. What do you do about that? Well, we'll talk about that today on Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert Dr. Joe Beam and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Sex is a key component of marriage. As a matter of fact, in major religions, it's actually taught that way when they talk about sex, that you're expected to sexually fulfill your spouse. We know that sex is good for us. For example, when you start looking at the studies done worldwide, you'll find that men who are sexually active actually decrease the likelihood of having a fatal heart attack. It doesn't decrease the likelihood of a heart attack, but if they're actually sexually active, it decreases the likelihood that it will kill them. Women, on the other hand, if they're sexually active, meaning regularly orgasmic, that's what we mean by this, then they actually decrease the likelihood of having a heart attack to begin with. Now, there are all kinds of other benefits. Uh, We could talk for a long time about that because I've studied all those things when I was earning my PhD from the University of Sydney. And there's a lot about sexual satisfaction we can talk about. But today, understand this, that it's a drive within us. It's there. If you believe in God, then God put it there. If you believe in the universe, then the universe put it there. If you believe in nature, then nature put it there. But it is there. And it's designed not only to be able to make babies, which obviously is the ultimate purpose for sex, but it's designed to bring two people together to fulfill each other in emotional ways as well as physical ways. It actually bonds people together. Now, based on how important it is for both males and females, and the fact that it's really a way that people can communicate love to each other in a very real sense that's physical, 
then you can imagine the tremendous emotional pain that occurs when one spouse is rejected by the other. I want to make love to my wife, but she doesn't want it to occur. Or you want to make love to your husband, but he doesn't want it to occur. And in those situations, we have all kinds of problems. Kimberly, not just sexual problems, Mm -hmm. but relational problems, even ego problems, right? Absolutely. Yes. I was going to say emotional problems because it can be very, uh, because sex is something so intimate, it's it's another layer of rejection. It's not just a, I don't want to hold your hand right now, although that can hurt, but it's a, it can feel like they are rejecting you because it's so intimate to who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's typically how people take it. Not just that you're rejecting the act of sex itself, but Mm -hmm. you're rejecting me, Mm -hmm. what I need, what I Mm -hmm. want, uh, including the closeness between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Why is that such an ego bust? Yeah. I mean, it's the most intimate and vulnerable a person can be with another person. And so when it feels like you are being rejected, you, it can feel like maybe you're not good enough. You're not attractive enough. You're not, uh, sexually prime enough. I mean, there's so many different ways a person could take it, a man or a woman mm-hmm. that it can really hurt a person's ego, self-perception, self-esteem, self-worth, all of those things combined into one. Mm-hmm. And for those who are listening, who happen to be of the Christian faith in, in the Bible in first Corinthians, it says that a lack of sex can actually lead to a lack of self-control mm-hmm. and temptation. And so we know if, if somebody has sexual needs and they're not being fulfilled, there are other avenues out there. Always there's there are people out there that you can have an affair with. There are prostitutes, of course, people could pay. There's pornography if they're looking for self-satisfaction. There's all kinds of things out there that people are trying to supplement their sex drives into mm-hmm. if they don't have it fulfilled in marriage. So it doesn't mean that if my spouse refuses me sexually, my sex need goes away. It just means mm-hmm. if it can't be fulfilled with my spouse, it's probably going to find some other outlet. And in all likelihood, maybe altogether, that outlet is not going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Now, saying what I just said could get me in trouble if I were on national television because people are going to say, well, you just implied that if my spouse goes and does something he or she shouldn't do, it's my fault. I don't want to get that implication. But I am saying this, and again, I will get in trouble for this. If you're refusing to be sexual with your spouse and they wind up going and fulfilling that sex drive in some other way, you did contribute. Now, I'm not saying it's altogether your fault. People have to make their own decisions. They're responsible for their own actions. But if you refuse to fulfill your spouse, it is partly your fault in the sense that you have contributed to it. I can see the letters and calls coming now, Kimberly. (laughs) Well, I think it opens a can of worms because people will typically come back with, well, but what if? What if my husband is wanting me to do things I don't want to do? What Mm -hmm. if my wife is... I don't know. I mean, there's other ones that you can you can fit in there. But here's what I do think is very true. I think everything you've just said is true. I agree with it. And just so everyone is clear, we are not recommending any of those other things. No, he said. no, we're not. <laughs> we are not. As a way, of, we only <laughs> good point. I'm glad you made sex that point. within the marriage is yeah. what we promote right. with your spouse and only your spouse. But we are. But I mean, in psychology, they are predicting now that we are going to enter into. Um, are they calling it asexual? There are so many people now who are getting access to to non-physical sex, like pornography mm-hmm. mainly, so early in life 
that that is becoming what they are conditioned for. And they are less likely to want to have the vulnerable face-to-face interaction with another person. And so this just on a societal level is very concerning because this is like you said, the main goal of sex, the main purpose of it is procreation. And so we are already seeing that less people are being born now than ever before. And with this increase of less sex, younger people are now are actually having less sex than they've ever had before. And so it's all very interesting to see this, these predictions of we may lose population to such an extreme, we won't get it back. Now, this is a far cry from what we're talking about with sexual rejection, but all of it is going back to, to the main point of the main purpose of sex. So other than the procreation, the main way of sex is face to face with your spouse. I mean, that's the, that's really the, Big, that's the fullest fulfillment. Mm-hmm. In a true sense of being naked and unafraid, mm-hmm. meaning that, that there's nothing for me to hide behind. This is my body. There's your body. And, and we're blending those two together. Uh, I guess the earth itself might be happy that the birth rate's going down <laughs> since we're so overcrowded. So. But when I start thinking about that, uh, you're saying having less sex. Do you mean they're having less sex or less sex with a partner? Less sex with a partner. Okay, so it's becoming more masturbatory and things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that can have also happen in a marriage. We sometimes hear that, uh, mm-hmm. particularly with a wife complaining about the husband. He doesn't want to make love to me, but he's fulfilling himself that way. Right. All right, so if your spouse is sexually rejecting you, you want to make love to him or her, and, and they are not into that. They're rejecting you for whatever reason. Is there anything you can do? Well, Let's find out. We'll do so by looking at a couple of questions we have here. This first question is from a husband, and it'll be read to us by one of our staff members, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Hey, guys. My name is Jordan, and I'm on the client rep team at Marriage Helper. In my role, I typically help guide you to the very best resources that we have that can improve your marriage. Dr. Beam and Kimberly have asked me to read a couple questions that you all have submitted. This first person asks, my wife says, I can't have sex with you if we don't have an intimate relationship in our marriage. I say to her that I can't have an intimate relationship with you if you refuse to have sex with me. Maybe both of us are wrong. What should we do? All right, Dr. Joe, sexologist. (laughs) Who is right? She says, I can't have sex if we don't have intimacy in our relationship. And he says... I can't have an intimate relationship with you if you won't have sex with me. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. In this particular case, prepare yourself to be surprised. I'm going to side with the wife. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> a man, so he actually sided with the female side of this. I'm not trying to beat the guy up. I'm really not. But there's something here you need to understand. You can have emotional intimacy without having sex. You see, when we study intimacy and talk about intimacy, we talk about into me see. It's about openness, trust, vulnerability, those kinds of things. And that can be done whether you have sex or not. So if you're saying, no, we can't have intimacy unless I have sex, the answer is you're only thinking about sex as being the only way to be intimate. But intimacy has to do with the relationship you develop with another person. Am I not right, Kimberly? Yes, you're absolutely right. It's that 
when we look at love, when we look at what leads to love from a scientific perspective, there's three components, one of which is intimacy, like you were just talking about. It's that this is my best friend. I can be open, vulnerable, transparent, all the things with them. And that has nothing to do with sex. Actually, it has a lot to do with sex. On this, from that. From right. that. It's a, a foundation of there what can go. lead to great sex or mm-hmm. sex at all. But typically in a relationship, like think back to when people start dating, typically people don't start by having sex. Typically. <laughs> and it is yeah. our. And if it does start that way, it often doesn't develop into intimacy. Right. It's right. It's a different type of relationship and and one that I don't believe is healthiest for the person. So instead, it's that you get to know them, you trust them, you like them, you develop this intimacy together, and then it can lead to sex. So the intimacy is that one part of love. Passion, of course, is the other. It's a desire for oneness, which even it, it in and of itself doesn't have to be sexual. It has a sexual component, but you're right. It's bigger than that bigger than that. And then commitment. And all of these are really the foundation for a great sex life. Knowing you're committed to me, knowing that we have a desire to be one together and knowing that we have an intimate relationship can lead to great sex. And so when a woman, it could be a man saying the same thing, by the way, but in this case, it's a woman when she says, I can't have an intimate relationship with you. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't have a fulfilling sexual fulfillment with you. I can't have sex. I'll just read it directly. I can't have sex with you if we don't have intimate relationships in our marriage. Listen to what she's saying. What's the statement behind that? Here's what I'm hearing. Now, I don't know her, so this is somewhat of a guess, but I think I'm going to be right. What she's saying is, I don't want to be your sexual object. I want to be your sexual partner. And if we don't have intimacy and you just want sex with me, then it's kind of like marriage, marital prostitution. I'm having sex with you because of the fact that I get, you know, we live in the same house, we share our income, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't want to have sex with you just because of those kinds of things. I want to have sex with you because of the fact that I feel close to you. And so if you look at that and she's saying, I don't want to have sex where I'm not feeling close to you, rather than being angry about that or rejecting that, understand that she's actually saying to you, I do want to be very, very close to you. My early mentor, uh, Paul Torrance, uh, taught me and many others, by the way, everything that happens outside the bedroom affects what happens inside the bedroom. And everything that happens inside the bedroom affects what happens outside the bedroom. So in that sense, yes, her having sex with you becomes a big factor. But understand it's what is outside the bedroom that's affecting what's happening inside the bedroom. So could a person be intimate in the sense of how we understand intimacy and likely she's talking about intimacy Mm -hmm. and not have any sex at all. They could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's about openness, transparency, Mm -hmm. trusting, accepting. I like you. I love you. I respect you. The more we know about each other, even the things that could be turnoffs, Mm -hmm. we still accept and love each other. That creates this deep emotional bond. Then sex becomes a natural fulfillment it's a very natural fulfillment of that bond. Mm-hmm. And so I would say to you, young man, I'm assuming you're young. I would say to you, young man, this work on becoming our best friend. It's not going to hinder your sex. It's going to help your sex. Now, if you're thinking about, I want it to be more exciting and that kind of stuff. And you don't have exciting sex with your best friend. Actually, you can. Gentlemen, for guys, sex is a reaction. 
put a stimulus in front of us when we're ready to have sex, something we see, something we hear, something we smell like a certain kind of perfume, and our bodies can prepare for sex rapidly. For women, sex is a decision. It's not a reaction to stimuli. It is a decision. Do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? And if you understand that, then you understand that intimacy is the most important thing to precede sex. Develop that relationship with her where she can feel close to you and then she'll want to have sex with you. Does it, does it sound like I'm beating guys up here? They need to be beaten up. <laughs> you're, you're giving them a, the truth of what they need to hear. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a traitor. (laughs) I'm not trying to beat guys up. I'm trying to point out how it really works. Yes. Right? That's right. That's right. Well, we have another question from a wife here, and one of our staff members will read this for us, and then let's talk about that. Hey, you guys. My name is Hannah, and I work on the marketing team here at Marriage Helper. In my role, I typically share resources on our various social media platforms to help people improve their marriage. Dr. Beam and Kimberly Holmes have asked me to read a question that was submitted to us by one of our listeners. This person asks, how do I fix a marriage when I have a lower sex drive and it has made him feel neglected time and time again? He doesn't think our relationship can change. I believe that there has been a lack of other kinds of intimacy, but I don't know what to do. We understand that in a given marriage, it may be that either spouse, sometimes the wife, sometimes the husband, may have a lower libido than the other spouse. You might be thinking, oh, back up, Dr. Beam. Isn't that the guy always has the stronger sex drive? Hmm? Not necessarily. There are many marriages where the wife actually has a stronger sex drive than her husband. Now, in this particular situation, she's the one with the lower sex drive. And it's like, okay, he thinks I can never change. What are we going to do about this? And then she's saying, I lack intimacy. Now, that's the exact same thing we were talking about a minute mm-hmm. ago. So part of her lower sex drive, Kimberly, appears to be mm-hmm. she feels unfulfilled in the relationship. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it goes back to if you really want, and I mean, it's the wife asking the question here, but it's still true. If you really want there to be great sex in your marriage, then focus on having great intimacy. So since it's the wife asking this question and listening to the podcast and not the husband, And she's the one who's saying, my husband's angry because I'm not having enough sex with him. And I want there to be more intimacy in other ways. What can she do in order to build the intimacy emotionally? Okay. Some research I did several years ago where I had thousands of people uh, on the internet taking this particular survey. And we excluded people that didn't meet certain criteria. One of the questions I asked was, is there anything that has significantly reduced your sexual satisfaction, sexual fulfillment with your spouse? More women answered that affirmatively than men. More women gave me reasons they were no longer sexually fulfilled. And the number one reason they gave was that they didn't have the right relationship with their spouse. Mm. I think like 45% of them said that, something like that. Wow. Like if, if we just had a better relationship. And so perhaps you can tell him, I want to be more sexual. I want to be more fulfilled and fulfilling to you. And here's the way I want to do that. And then you have a plan, and the plan you work out has to do with how can we become closer with true intimacy, openness, transparency, vulnerability, that will lead us to having more fulfillment sexually. Actually, one of my books, I don't own this particular book. I wrote it, and somebody else owns it. There's one called Becoming One, written by Joe Beam. 
And in that book and in the workbook that goes with it, which you can get on Amazon, and I won't get a penny off of it. It's owned by somebody else. If you get that, it actually can help you develop that plan. But understand this. You'll need to find out if your low sex drive, and I'm talking to the wife here in this situation since she asked the question, if it comes from something other than not having the most exciting relationship with your husband, or maybe I should say the most fulfilling relationship with your husband, is there anything physically, mentally, emotionally, is there anything back there that's holding you back sexually? Now, if that's the case, you'll need to think about that, visit that, and work through that. And Understand that if he were to start leaving you, which I hope he does not, then I think your libido would go up almost immediately because of the fact that your fear would spike. So rather than doing that, be proactive. Now, one final point here. The Masters and Johnson's uh, model about how people go through the sexual act, way back, Kimberly, it started with desire. Mm -hmm. And then it talked about arousal or excitement. Then it talked about plateau, orgasm, and recovery. Uh, many years ago or several years ago, they took the desire out. Desire is not on that thing anymore. And the reason they did is because they found with, with particularly with women, many women don't feel sexual desire until they become aroused. And therefore, if she can, if you can become aroused, if you can do that, if you can become aroused and you can have the rest of the sex act go as you want it to, it's really not important that you had desire to begin with. And so perhaps one thing you might want to do, you say, he doesn't think our relationship can change. My recommendation is get that video series we just talked about with the PDFs. Think through some things. Think through how you can begin to demonstrate with him. And maybe part of that becomes you initiating sex if you can get aroused and if you can orgasm, those kinds of things. You do that. And by doing so, you'll actually increase your liking and wanting to have sex He'll begin to be fulfilled, but you still are going to need to talk about how do you get the other kinds of intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What else can we do to help them with that kind of intimacy? Well, what about our couples workshop? That'd be perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking. It teaches you all of these tools and these things, gives you shared language so that you can have these conversations. And it's the most effective we have seen most effective thing we have seen work for really restoring marriages, making them more satisfying. And I don't know if you said this in this podcast or in a previous one we did, you have done some research on the workshop that indicates a a significant, I was going to say the number, I don't know if I can increase in sexual (laughs) satisfaction. Let's just say statistically significant increase in sexual satisfaction within 90 days of people that go to the workshop. Yes. Yes. And so even if this woman's listening and saying, well, I wouldn't say our marriage is in crisis. We're just having sexual issues. Our workshop is still helpful for that because of all the reasons we talked about of having a good relationship first. So you can find out more about our workshop by going to marriagehelper.com, clicking the workshops tab in the top, in the top, and then going to the couples workshop in order to find out more about how that can help. So Kimberly, what are our key takeaways from this program? The first is sex is important to a marriage. Number two, one not wanting sex doesn't mean that the other doesn't. So you need to find a way to find common ground and and work through this. One thing that we didn't say here, but I know is I know is true, and I can't remember if it's because I've heard you say it or I heard Dr. John Gottman say it, is compromising here 
is helpful. So even if one spouse, even if it's a wife with a low sex drive, instead of saying no, saying, what if we did this instead? What if we cuddled in bed? What if we held hands as a way to show your partner you're not turning him away or turning her away, but you still want a connection. Maybe you're just not in the mood for sex now. So wanting it or one not wanting it doesn't mean the other doesn't find a way to compromise. Number three, fulfill each other unless there is a good reason not to. And number four, a lack of sexual fulfillment can add to temptation. So just further remembrance and reason to really work on having that great intimacy and having great sex from that. Well, thank you. That was a very good summary. Let me tell you what we'll talk about next time. What if one spouse cheated, but that's the spouse who wants to save the marriage? We'll talk about that, Kimberly and I, in the next episode of Relationship Radio. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.